Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America on IMSA Radio. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome along to Super Sebring. The week starts here. It's John Hindhoff in the booth for the Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America here at the 71st Annual Mobile 112 as of Sebring. Free practice Coming up, joining me in the booth is our Shea Adam. Good morning, Shay. Good morning, John. And a bumper field, I think we have to say, <laughs> uh, for this. And I, and I mean that in the best possible word. I'm hoping not bumper cars at this stage, but uh, f- over 40 cars, full 40 car field for the whole season. I think we have 41 on the official entry list here. Yep, 41 cars that have gone through tech and have been approved to go out onto the racetrack for this official first practice session. Now, they did do a test here uh, last week, as it was already, and uh, quite impressive lap times, do I have to say. The fastest time from that session, John, was about eight-tenths quicker than our official lap record that was set. So very good times already. Uh, and that's impressive because the cars have not changed since last year. They're all 992 Cup cars. Well, the cars haven't changed, and the track wasn't rubbered in at that point. And we do have close to 140 cars running this weekend on Michelin rubber, so it's only going to get better and better for good the point. runners and riders as the weekend progresses. I'm expecting lots of good things out of the times, especially for these cars. And as you say, the cars haven't changed, but the teams have learned a lot more about the cars over the course of the last season. That's a very good, very good point indeed. Um, the big teams are back. Kelly Moss running uh, how many? Six? Uh, 27, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Most of the field. Uh, there, there was a welcome to the season party last night in the Porsche house, which is the uh, pit lane hospitality area. Pretty much most of the teams and drivers were represented there. Very nice gift boxes to all of the drivers, which included a uh, personalised uh, hat for them for the season and a Tag Heuer watch for uh, them committing to the whole season. And good chance to have a chat with some of the new people around as well. And we've got some new drivers and a bigger than ever pro, let's start with the pros, bigger than ever pro category. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, the way that the classes are categorized, it's by age. So if you're under the age of 35, you run in the pro category. If you're between the ages of 36 and 55, I think was the top end, you're in the pro-am. And then if you're above that latter age, if you're of a finer vintage, you get to run in the am class. But in the pro, as you rightly say, the biggest class we have ever seen and arguably I think it'll be the most competitive because looking at the drivers that we have running here we've got the entire spectrum of experience starting out with Sean Varwick who is car number two that is the first car he's a pre-med student at the University of Iowa a young man who came into MX5 Cup I think it was last year two years ago at Daytona John was when we met him for the first time he was still in high school well now he's racing a Porsche you compare that with Elias de la Torre making his debut in the championship car number four for JDX Racing. He's another one of those youngsters, still very much a teenager coming in to try and make his mark on the championship. Well, the other end of the spectrum, you've got drivers like... 
Uh, let's see. Jason Hart, for example, mm. ran at Le Mans last year with Mark Kwame. We've got Thomas Merrill, the reigning Trans Am TA2 champion. And by the way, new Rolex winner from the last time we ran in the LMP3 category. So the full spectrum of experience. And then we've got the series staples, such as Riley Dickinson. I knew that's where you were going, John. <laughs> Riley back once again for his fourth season. And then we welcome in a man who hasn't done a lot of racing in the last 10 years, Mr. Dan Clark. Speedy Dan Clark in the 64 Nola Sport Rice Nichols car. Had a quick chat with him last night. He did do a one-off run in the uh, in the challenge at Porsche together, the festival at Daytona last year. And Indy. Enjoyed, uh, it's, Indy. Uh, at Indy last yep. year, excuse me. And uh, he enjoyed it so much, he's decided to come back. And another driver who came out for that who uh, enjoyed himself an awful lot as well was Alex Sedgwick who's driving for JTX Racing he hails from not too far away from my neck of the woods now in the centre of England he comes from Southam which is where Bob Dawson uh, makes his home Brilliant, Brilliant Bob Dawson our, our tech for Radio Le Mans and uh, we'll be having some news during the WEC race about Radio Le Mans uh, this year uh, as uh, we're putting all of the deals together right now. Uh, and that, uh, uh, Alex, with a, a really interesting uh, story behind, we'll, we'll, we'll get him on the shows in the next few weeks on Midweek Motorsport. But Alex Britt um, actually raced in the Janetta Juniors uh, at the same race when I did my only Janetta Super Cup hmm. event. Uh, at Rockingham, we we worked that. He actually brought that up last night. I, I promise I didn't bring that up because I hadn't worked that one out. Um, so uh, that we we got we got talking about racing Genetas uh, last evening. Uh, so Alex, keeping an eye out for him. He was uh, he was very impressive. Hasn't got a lot of experience in ABS cars, um, so he's been having to get used to that. But I think always better to come from non ABS to ABS than to try and go. The other way. All right, we've got 29 minutes and 45 seconds on the clock. The green flag is waving. Uh, the track is clear. It's Cur- a little bit damp. Courtesy of Tani, we should say. Tani gets the honor of waving the first green flag of the Super Sebring weekend. There will be different flaggers over the course of the weekend in the start stand, but good to see the IMSA staple waving us out. And the first car leaving the pit lane is Jimmy Liebring, car number 74. That's an MDK Motorsport car. That's another one of those that's new to this pro category. Jimmy, who came into Porsche racing last year quite spectacularly with MDK, winning the Porsche Sport championship and he's a guy that we need to keep an eye on john when we get to that very popular round at the miami grand prix because mm. that will be one of the races he won both of those rounds in the porsche sprint last year so he's got track experience there the uh, the, the the championship season 16 races eight different venues all of the imza staples and still Obviously, uh, running under the IMSA banner wherever they are, they are the sanctioning series. But the deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America taking in an Xfinity round at Road America, America, uh, taking in the Miami Grand Prix, uh, taking in the uh, Rennsport Rennsport at WeatherTech, uh, which is this year, and will finish at Circuit of the Americas as their championship finale, again, supporting FIA Formula One uh, championship. So a big season 
for this relatively new form of this championship. This is only the third season of it being a pro championship. And let's not forget, where do we go after Sebring? We go straight to Long Beach yeah. to be part of the Long Beach yes. Grand Prix weekend, Good which point. is not only IMSA WeatherTech, but IndyCar as well. And and the jumpy trucks, the stadium super trucks. So jumpy it's trucks. Jumpy is, that, trucks. is that the official that's name? The, that's the official fan name of the, uh, the uh, stadium super truck series. But it is a wonderful schedule and it leaves nothing to be desired because you look at it and go, oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to go there as well. Oh wait, I already do. So it's quite a wonderful thing going on. And of course, we're green flag. We haven't yet had a car cross the start finish line, but we've already got our first penalty of the year. Michael Merritt has earned a drive through penalty. He's one of the AM drivers for McCann Racing. They bring in four cars this year, John. McCann Racing stepping into this series once again. And uh, not only for Michael, who is in the pro category, but three AMs. So a demerit for Michael Merritt. Then in that I'm going to get it in Aww. early. Sorry, couldn't help it. Uh, McElroy Racing, welcome to the championship for Tom Sargent, who headed a couple of the sessions in the test uh, last week, this time last week, Tuesday and Wednesday, they were out on the track. Uh, there are two McIlroy racing cars, Tom McNevert as well uh, in the 24 and watch out, as I say, for Tom Sargent in the number 17 car. We'll yep. get some times for you in a moment. Uh, this is the first free practice session. 30 minutes uh, when we started, so three and a half minutes ago for Deluxe Porsche Car- Carrera Cup North America here at the 71st annual Mobile One Twelve as of Sebring. Uh, Deluxe, by the way, welcome to the championship as the overall naming rights partner, uh, a financial services and uh, banking services company who pretty much invented the concept of a cheque. Huh. Um, so they've been involved in banking for a very, very long time and... Tied up with this series and uh, also with Porsche Motorsport and Porsche Cars North America as well. Weather here today, uh, pretty decent. (laughs) Um, Questionable at the moment. Well, it's all right. It's better than it is back in the UK. A little bit of wind, which is gusting. It's normally this week been blowing down behind the cars as they go into turn one, which for aerodynamics is not good. Does mean it's on the nose when you are coming into turn 17. Um, Today, uh, on the track, 57 Celsius, that is 14, uh, 57 Fahrenheit, rather, 14 Celsius. And uh, in the air, it is 55, which is 13. Wind speed about two miles an hour at the moment and quite humid. There was, just before we got underway, uh, a little shower and there's been a bit of rain overnight. So there'll still be one or two damp patches on the concrete Jimmy Libra, who was first out of the pits, gets down to a 2.15. That's starting to get representative. And before we get a representative lap time, I just want to put this out there for the record. Who am I watching for the championship this year, John? All right, come on. I am putting it on the young Australian. I'm going to be watching very closely Tom Sargent because in researching this young man's background... He's still fairly new to racing, having started karting at the age of seven. But the Australian Formula Four champ of two years ago has two Bathurst six-hour wins to his name. Anybody who can drive well around Bathurst can certainly drive well around any American what track. Years, what years was he win the, the six hours? Uh, he won it in class in 21 and overall in 22. Oh, so nice. I'm very impressed with this young man in my research. He moved to Mooresville, North Carolina to make a serious effort at this uh, North American. 
American racing in general. And that's where McIlroy Racing have made their home exactly. as well. Exactly. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him. Not to put any pressure on you out there, Tom, but uh, I just wanted to do that officially before we even get a fast lap of the season because that just makes it a little bit more fun, doesn't it now? Who Absolutely. are you watching? Absolutely does. Uh, give a few uh, of the other times as they're starting to come down. All right. So we've got uh, the first fast laps coming in. Travis Wiley is now ahead of the charts. He did a 211.603. We've got Ryan Yardley, another one of the newcomers. Both of the top two cars, by the way, represented by Top Racing. So very appropriate there. Michael McCann is the third quickest driver. Again, these lap times not yet where we expect them to be. Jimmy Libre in fourth for MDK Motorsport. And then Alex Sedgwick, the young man we were speaking about a few moments ago for JD, JDX Racing. In the AM class, where we left him last season, Mark Kwame, ahead of the charts, and where we left him last season, Alan Metney, top of the charts in Pro-Am. Both of those drivers still running the numbers that we know and love for 43 for Kwame and 99 for Alan Metney, back once again. Now, the Pro-Am category is going to be hotly contested once again this year because our two defending series champions are back in both of those categories. We do have Alan Metney. We do have Efren Castro. But we welcome a newcomer to the ranks, John, in the form of Moise Uretsky, who's done a lot of racing over the course of the last year, but now stepping into this category as a full-season effort and with baby bull racing on the side, the accelerating performance portion we know is going to go well, we know it's going to look great, but all of a sudden, Moise taking it very seriously, running full-time in Michelin Pilot Challenge, VP Challenge as well. He was racing here and winning here in the Masters class last weekend. He is taking this as a very different effort into 2023 than he did in 2022. He will be someone to watch, as will Chris Belomo, who's just gone to the top of the charts for the Pro-Am class. Chris is a name that I associate, John, with Flying Lizard Motorsports. He's done a lot of work with them in the past. Now he's another one running with MDK Motorsport as they have really developed into another one of these powerhouse teams. They have become a bit of the Kelly Moss but not with the championships yet to associate to their name. I fully expect that to change this year with cars in all three of the categories. Ryan Yardley, by the way, top of the charts now in the 78. He has done a 2 minutes 8.817. Michael McCann reasserting himself into third, so that is good to see speed out of McCann racing early on. Haven't yet got a representative lap time from any of the Kelly Moss Road and Race cars. I'm a bit surprised about that. Still in the pits for Sean Varwig, Elias De La Torre, Michael McCarthy, another one of the guys returning to the championship. Uh, Will Martin, another guy to keep an eye on this year for JDX Racing. Uh, haven't seen time from Varun Choksi yet for Wright Motorsport. And Tom Sargent just on an outlap now for McElroy Racing. But again, John, we haven't seen Kelly Moss put down a time. Yeah, that's interesting. Is this tactical? Uh, are there holding on. Uh, Tyres are not an infinite resource, let's remember. No, they're not, but it shouldn't be a limiting factor for FP1. You do have to scrub in your set of tyres. You do want to know the balance of the car. And by the way, we're racing at this time tomorrow morning. So it's perfect conditions to try and adapt to what you're going to get for race time. It's a very good point that you make there, Shea, because this, this is two races tomorrow. Yep. So not much opportunity to get things put right if they go wrong exactly in the early race tomorrow morning so it'll be a, a 
a light breakfast and a quick cup of coffee before everybody comes out. Ryan Yardley <laughs> uh, improves 205, two minutes. Uh, 5.798 of a second. Now, this is starting to get a little more representative. As soon as you start getting down towards two minutes here, that's what we're expecting to see. Exactly. These cars are as quick, uh, almost as quick as GT3 cars now, as the older versions of the GT3 cars. Yes, and I was just double-checking. Our fastest lap of the test that we had was a 2.022. So our previous record time, I believe, was a 2.028 or 2.029. So we are looking to get into the 2.02s. The problem is, well, it was lightly sprinkling this morning. I'm not going to say it was proper rain because it wasn't proper rain. It was I very much... I had the wipers on the mighty Santa Fe. Thank you, Hertz President Circle, <laughs> uh, by the way, for the upgrade. Um, they were, it was on intermittent this morning. As I, came. Yes. I didn't have to have it on full. Uh, I had mine on full. Yeah, but um, you're driving a Charger, so you're probably going a bit quicker. Uh, no comment. Um, but I was coming up from the south, and the weather is moving in from the west. So uh, that is the, the pattern of weather in this part of Florida. We do need Charger to keep- or Challenger? Uh, Charger. 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 Yes. Uh, burnt orange. Oh, nice. Very nice. It was in President Circle as well. I was, huh? uh, And no smoke smell, which is a rare but, thing when you're coming through Orlando. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a great choice by Hertz. Um, but, yes, the, the Charger did need the wipers on quite a good pace, but that was still quite a bit further south of the track. It did rain heavily on, when would that have been? Monday, when I was coming in, my flight was delayed landing because there was such bad rain in the area. Well, in Orlando. Uh, yes, and I was getting alerts from Sebring as well that we were in a stage two for, which in effect, uh, for people around the track, oh. there are three different stages of weather which will come into play across this weekend. Stage one, be aware that there's lightning. Stage two, okay, the lightning's getting a little bit closer now, we're nervous. There Stage was three, I remember take I was thinking Monday, it was a lovely day, but yeah. as we were going out, for breakfast on Monday. Did you go to the uh, diner? There was, uh, no, not oh. yet. Um, there was lightning over the lake. Yep, yep. So uh, there was quite a bit of weather in the area. So all of the rubber that was laid down over the course of the prologue weekend and the Sebring test for these cars a couple days before, most of that is still on the track, but for sure it is less grippy than it was when we finished Sunday night. Uh, just a reminder for those of you here at the track, the track frequency on the FM wave band is 100.9. We'll be taking over 99.1 FM, WWOJ. And uh, had a half-hour chat on Tuesday with Barry Foster on his uh, talk show on the morning. And uh, thanks again for uh, that uh, local radio group allowing us to hijack their airwaves for both the WEC race and the... 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we're pretty busy bunnies this weekend, so pretty much if there's cars on the track, uh, we'll be talking about it either as IMSA Radio or as Radio Show Limited as uh, in our capacity as the global audio partner for the FIA WEC. Every session live for that, and we will be broadcasting that to the world as well. That's exclusive to Radio Show Limited uh, IMSA at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us if you're here at the track or further afield when IMSA cars are on the track and uh, at RSL underscore studio when WC is on the track it's a confusing weekend this weekend for a bear of small brain like myself best of the well. pro-arms Alan Metney 
in a very creditable uh, seventh position in the 9-9 car. So that's the, that is the best of the Kelly Moss racing cars. That, that's a pro. Matt Holcomb has moved up to... Has Matt Holcomb moved up to Pro-Am this year? Was he not in Am? Uh, the Mystery Machine car? He's an Am champion from two years ago. Right, yes. Uh, I think that's maybe what you're thinking of because now it's determined by age Correct. only. Bob Muller for Goldcrest, Matt's teammate, best of the Ams, has slipped in between the two Pro-Ams. So ninth for Metney now, tenth for Bob Muller, and eleventh for Matt Holcomb. So who's just moved up then? TJ Fisher to the top. In the 7.62 motorsports team. And Bob Mueller is an interesting driver, John, because he's got a history running Trans Am in Porsches, so running in the TA3 or lower class. But he's done a couple of races in the Porsche Carrera Cup North America, as this year, the deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America. Last year, one of the races at Sebring, where he finished second. One of the races at Road America, where he finished third. And then both of the season finale races at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta with a fifth and a second place finish. So the guy who's from California very much likes racing on the other side of the country. We welcome him back to the series and can't wait to see what he can do here again this weekend. Hopefully it'll be a full season effort for Bob. Jason Hart briefly off the circuit out uh, by the Jean de Bian turns at turn 15. Easy to do that there. Yeah. He's back on and recovered in the number 20. That's the MDK Motorsports car. We're into the second half as Matt Holcomb goes to the best of the bunch in Pro-Am, ninth overall in the Goldcrest Motorsports, number 55. Not very often that you're ahead of Alan Metney in that category, and it's nine-tenths of a second, Wow! that gap at the moment. The best time at the top of the f field was TJ Fisher for a millisecond, as Michael McCann has now come through in the number eight McCann Racing 992 Carrera Cup car with a 2-0-4-0. Three wide across the line in front of us down to turn one. Let's hope everybody plays nicely, turning into the uh, first corner. Well, even if not nicely, just smartly. This is FP1. Let's not ruin our cars yet. Zebra Cook was one of those cars in the 37 Kelly Moss Racing Machine getting the benefit of the scholarship effectively from Kelly Moss. There was a shootout between a number of female drivers. Porsche themselves have a female driver development program as well this year. There's a penalty that's just come through our second one of the year. And again, oh, it's Jimmy Libre uh, this time for speeding in the pits three clicks an hour over the limit. So unfortunate to see that. But I, I don't want to glaze over the fact that Michael, McCarth Michael McCann, top of the charts, a very impressive effort from Michael, who last year was seventh and twelfth in the two races here. He's coming back into this championship, dedicating himself to it fully this year, though, John. That's the difference. He's running the Michelin Pilot Challenge as well. This is his focus now. McCann Racing leads by four-tenths of a second from 7.62 Motorsports and then top racing with Ryan Yardley. That's 8.58 and 78. You can follow along. Alcamel uh, timing. IMSA uh, you could go to results.emsa.com. That's Correct. the easiest That's, way to pull up the timing. That is the easiest one to do it. Yes, absolutely right. <laughs> uh, Alan Metney has not taken he heard the you. fact that Matt Holker was ahead, lying down. He's up on the wheel and goes to eighth position overall and the best of the pro-am category runners on a 207 
0.308. So Alan Metney is doing the exact opposite of what Michael McCann is doing this year. He is driving in the GTD category as well, full season alongside um, Kai Van Berlo, former yeah. runner-up twice in this championship. But Alan has been two times a uh, champion in this in IMSA series. He won this series last year in Pro-Am. He's won the Super Trofeo series as well in AM. And, oh, by the way, he won the GT3 Cup championship in 2020 with 11 wins and in 2019 with eight. So he's very familiar with how to run well in Porsches, particularly in IMSA. But he now has a very busy weekend with the 12-hour coming up for the first time as well. Great effort by John Getz to get the right motorsport portion number 57, not only to the head of the AM class, but fifth position overall. Wow. John, who's coming into the championship second last year in AM, looking to try and claim it. That is a very firm grasp on the fastest time, John. <laughs> very impressive. 203949 for Michael McCann at the top of the field. John Getz. Best of the Ams in sixth position. Make that seventh now. As who's just improved? Will Martin and Sean Varwig. Right. That's a JDX and Kelly Moss racing cars. Nine and two. Two or fours. So we've now got, uh, what, four drivers inside 60, uh, 125 seconds, excuse me. Uh, two minutes and five. So, and one at a 120. Three second lap, yes, two or three point nine, two or <laughs> two or three point nine, two or four point four, two or four point six, two or four point eight. That's your top four, separated by one and a half. Uh, sorry, eight and a half tenths. Do you know much about Will Martin yet, John? No. And I say yet because you will. Okay. He's from your side of the pond. He's yeah. from Battle, England. I'm not right. entirely sure where that is, to be honest. Uh, it's down on the south coast near Hastings, as in the Battle of Hastings. Ah, yes, I believe Which, that would be. Uh, I haven't just made that up, have I? 1266? No. Huh? 1266, Battle of Hastings? <coughs> 1066, sorry. I was only a couple hundred years <laughs> off. Come on, what's a couple well, hundred years in the years whole history friends? of the world, that's nothing. Exactly. In, yeah. in the history of the it's universe. It's a million moments. Actually, yeah. yes. It's a um, speck of dust on a cosmic policeman's uniform. There we go, history the of the world. Uh, yes. Uh, he started karting at the age of eight. Ran Janetta Jr., was third in that championship in 2019. He was third in the Carrera Cup Great Britain yeah. in 2022, fifth in 2021 and 2020, coming over here. But his dream is to run the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Of course it is. But I love it when young drivers dedicate themselves to other things besides, oh, I want to be an F1 world champion, or, oh, I want to win the Indy 500. No, no, no. I dream of racing in IMSA. I dream of racing at Le Mans. I much prefer to hear of young people who aspire to those goals because those... There's only a hundred and well, it used to be 180 drivers that got to participate in the mall every year. Now it's what 189. So it's not that many individuals. And when you consider that so many of the seats are already pre-spoken for, if you will, that is more of a dream. Uh, more fast times coming in. Sean Varwick for Kelly Moss was uh, slightly late out. 
but it's made up for it now, Shay. Yep, 203-772 for Sean Varwig against the second quick time. Will Martin heard us saying nice things about him, and so he went quick. 203-936. We are still about a second away from the fastest lap time, but given there's no heat in the track, mm. I'm very impressed with these times. Uh, John Gutz is still, John Getz is still the best of the arm drivers. He runs in 12th. Efren Castro now the best of the pro-arms. Uh, he runs in 14th for Kelly Moss Racing. And those times split by nothing. So John's time, the best of the arms, 2.05.2, 2.05.3 for Efren. And TJ Fisher improves the time to beat at the top. And it bears repeating, the cars are all the same. The only thing that distinguishes the drivers in the class is the age of the driver themselves. Correct. So it's not as if there's a, a different setup on the cars that somebody gets in AM versus in Pro. Yeah, there's not 50 horsepower more. No. No. Uh, so that would it be is, nice. It is the nut at the end of the steering wheel and the skill of the team and the setup. There's there's a little bit more aero-wise that you can do with these cars now, particularly with the rear wing, uh, because you've got more adjustment there. Uh, it is a complete uh, new body package from three years ago. That was when the new car came in. We're moving into our third season now with this car. So as she said earlier on, it is... I think it is the fact that the teams are getting used to the nuances of these cars because we're talking very marginal gains here from one driver to another. This is a global formula as well. So we're on Michelin tyres here. The Super Cups are on Michelin tyres. Most of the Carrera Cups around the world are on Michelin tyres. So we can look at drivers and compare across championships. The only major difference we have here in the Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America is that the option box for ABS has been ticked on this on this particular championship. It, it, the, some championships don't run at this championship. Does the raison d'etre, the rationale behind that, is that Porsche North America, Porsche Motorsport North America, feel that these drivers, if they're going to move on, will be moving on to GT4 or possibly GT3, which do have quite sophisticated systems on it. Um, the guys in qualifying telling me that they'll be running the ABS and it is adjustable at one. And one is the lowest <laughs> because that is the quickest way to get round. But if it is bad weather and when after 40 minutes or so, this is the longest Carrera Cup race that happens in the world here <laughs> in the US. Um, and they, if they've used their Michelin tyres, they may just click that up a little bit. So they're learning for their future career here. Which is exactly what you want. This yeah. is a ladder series, in effect, for the world. And that's what Riley Dickinson is hoping. This is his fourth season in this championship, John. And he is a young man who very much has tried very hard to get the attention of Porsche. He wants to move up and he wants to become one of those drivers. His time is blistering so far this morning. He's almost nine-tenths clear of the rest of the field with a 2.02.527, which he did on his fourth lap. He's one of those drivers who's been waiting and waiting and waiting, perhaps for a bit of rubber to get laid down, perhaps yeah. for the track to get cleared off. But uh, Kelly Moss, they know what they're doing. I think Kelly Moss have been quite, uh, quite smart here. They've let everybody else go out and clean the track up, and they've sent their drivers out. It's staggered in, in uh, intervals just to get them out on the track. We've now got five minutes remaining. It means they haven't took an awful lot out of this set of Michelin tyres. Some people have been running the whole session. Now, 
I noticed that uh, TJ Fisher and Ryan Hardy came in pretty much exactly on 15 minutes. Now, yep. whether that was just to change the tyre pressures or whether that was to put another set of tyres on, I can't tell you because we can't see them from here. But vastly different strategies running here, even at this early stage of the week, Shit. And the fascinating thing to me is that we've got Riley as the fastest car in Sector 2 and 3, but not in Sector 1. That still goes to Alex Sedwich, who is really? running... Yes. Who, Alex, my goodness. Well, that's, that's commitment through Turn 1. Exactly. That's all Turn 1, but that is JD X, who's got the fastest time for sector one, whereas Riley's got it for two and three. And yes, two is the longest sector of the track, basically running from the exit of turn one until the exit of turn 15. And then you've got sector three, which is basically about getting turn 16, 17, right? Which is a lot easier said than done. Uh, (laughs) If you've played this track on a simulator, you'll understand that turn 17 is not very forgiving. But it's one of those things that you wonder, all right, well, does Kelly Moss have the better setup through the twisty bits, but JDX has the better downforce through turn one? Well, it, when it comes to the race, the most important part is getting through turn one cleanly. And if you can get through turn one in the lead, you can keep someone behind you for almost the rest of the track. That could be a good trick for JDX. So into the last three and a half minutes of the force first session, uh, official session of the Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America here at the 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Shea Adam and John Hindoff in the IMSA Global Broadcast booth. And lots to come from this championship this year. As we mentioned, 16 races over eight fantastic events splitting between IMSA and uh, NASCAR and IndyCar and two Formula One venues as well this year supporting Formula One. Of course, Super Cup has supported Formula One for many, many years. New best time at the top, Riley Dickinson, 2-0-2-2 now. A new best time in arm for MDK Motorsports, Scott Noble with a 2-0-4-7. That's an impressive effort from Scott as well, who's coming into this as an GT4 champion. So stepping up into these cars, it's a big adaptation. But Scott Noble, very impressive time of a 2024742. He is how far clear of the rest of the field? A good distance, yes, uh, he is. half a second. Goodness. And, and that is, I mean, that is significant. Yeah. Here. But Riley's eight and a half tenths. And, and the next eight and a half tenths would take you down to. Oh, my goodness. 13th? Yeah, and some. Yeah. Look at the gaps between. So, Riley's got eight and a half tenths on Jimmy Libra, who's got 0.047 on TJ Fisher, who has 0.047 on Michael McCann, (laughs) who has 0.4 on Ryan Yardley. 0.04. 0.04, yes. 0.054 to Thomas Nebver for McElroy Racing. 0.018 to Grant Torkey. Uh, uh, Sedgwick's managed to squeeze his way in between that. So, we've got just about... A tenth and a half, two tenths between uh, second and eleventh, and then four tenths from Sabre Cook back to Varun Choksi. So I mean, we are talking absolute blink of eye stuff, and there's eight and a half tenths between Kelly Moss Racing's Riley Dickinson 
and the rest of the chasing pack. Cedric's got sector one figured out, John. He went <laughs> faster again on that last lap through sector one as Tom Sargent, now up to second, cuts ah, Riley Dickinson's go. gap down to a mere quarter of a second to the rest of the field. <laughs> Goodness. Mike McCarthy also improves. And he's now closed in. So now the top three within six and a half tenths. The top five within a second. Make that the top six, seven, eight within a second. Might as well call it ninth as one second uh, from Thomas Netvert. Metney's down in fifth now in the Pro-Am class as Scott Noble is still leading the way in AM, but Efren Castro has Marco Cironi for company in the Pro-Am as first and second. Kelly Moss and then ACI Motorsport. We welcome back the man with the most experience in this series, uh, Marco Cironi, for the Canadian to come back into racing in North America. Good to see him back in this series. He's only run partial series, but I think he is the uh, guy with the most championships for the Banner Series, the GT3 Cup, whether it's North America or, uh, sorry, the U.S. or Canada, as the previous oh, yeah. iterations were. Well, I stopped counting at six, by the okay, way. Okay, fine. Um, we have a checkered flag, and the first driver to see it was John Getz, who has just taken the best time in the AM category back, and then Marco Cironi goes through to see the checkered flag and extends his lead in the Pro-AM category. So that they're two class leaders that have gone through. Then Ryan Yardley will be no no better than ninth, but ninth and point nine six eight. Oh, there's a good Porsche number ha. for you. Well, I have a nine sixty eight back at home. Uh, a nine one five point nine one five a second for Alex Sedgwick. That's seventh in his first run in this championship. He'll be pleased with that. Maybe not too pleased to be nearly a second away. He'll want to sharpen that up before we get to qualifying. Let's wait for the top runners to go through. TJ Fisher pitted. Tom Sargent in second does not improve, so he'll be no better than second. Riley Dickinson is still running in the 53, coming to turn 17 now. His sectors are actually not bad. Let's see if Riley does improve right at the end. There he goes. Right the underneath line. Preston. And he does. 2-0-2, 2-4-3 at the end. So he squeaks another couple of blinks of the eye. So each of the top runners in the three classes improved on their run to the checkered flag. Very good effort for a first practice session as well, considering how clean we stayed and only eight laps done by the fastest car. He's going to have good life left in those Michelins when we get to FP2 later on. So... Riley Dickinson with a 2.02.243, eight laps, and it was on his eight laps. Marco Cironi for ACI Motorsports, but his fastest lap on his last of six laps, a 2.03.791 to lead Pro-Am. And John Getz put his fastest lap in in his ninth of nine laps with a 2.04.418. Now, I see a pattern evolving there. Yeah. Those guys have looked after their tyres very nicely. And they've worked themselves in, John. They've gotten more comfortable as the session went on. The track got better. Conditions got better. It got a little bit warmer in the air. It's now up to 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Every little bit makes a difference. 57 degrees Fahrenheit is 14 Celsius. Top three in pro then. Riley Dickinson from Tom Sargent for McElroy Racing. Then the second of two Kelly Moss Racing cars in the top three. Sean Varwick. Uh, Michael McCann, by the way, just uh, for... 
Uh, Probity was fourth for Kelly Moss, fifth Jimmy Libra for MDK and TJ Fisher for 762. Uh, in 0.9 of a second, those cars at the top of the field. Uh, in Pro-Am, 15th position overall uh, for Marco Cironi for uh, ACI Motorsports with that 203. Second, Efren Castro for Kelly Moss and third Chris Palomo for MDK and in arm John Getz getting it right this morning for Wright Motorsports 2044 from in second Scott Noble who was three tenths of a second back for MDK Motorsports and third Mark Varmi for MDK Motorsports so they've got their set up nicely as well with uh, cars in the top three of two different classes that's the first half an hour share Adam your thoughts two more practice sessions well one more practice session to come today and then qualifying which for some people they will be using as a practice session as well but that was our relevant time to when the race is going to be we come on track again today just after lunch for the second practice session and then qualifying at three o'clock in the afternoon and both races tomorrow live no blocks no breaks on IMSA radio and IMSA TV you'll be able to see and hear it all if you're here at the track as well on 100.9 FM. Shea Adam was with me, John Heindhoff, in the IMSA Radio Global Broadcast Centre. That was the Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America Free Practice 1. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.